Welcome to Easier Movement, Happier Horses. I'm Mary DeBono, your movement and mindset coach. If you'd like to have flexible, balanced movement, a relaxed, confident mindset, and a joyful connection with your horse, you're in the right place. I can't wait to share what I've learned over the past 30 years of helping improve the performance and partnership of horses and their humans. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's dive in. Well, hello. Today we're going to talk about the last two keys. So there's seven keys to help unlock your horse's potential, right? To let those superpowers come out, if you will. So these are keys number six and number seven. So I'm Mary DeBono, and this is Easier Movement, Happier Horses. And thank you for being here. So let's start with key number six, which is to change things up. You know, we, along with our horses, kind of get into ruts. We get into routines. We do the same things the same way over and over again. And the nervous system kind of just gets used to that. It just, whether it's good or bad, it just feels familiar, feels safe, right? Because it is familiar. But it's really important to start to do things differently for both physical and behavioral flexibility. It's amazing how the mind and the body just open up when you start to experience things even a little bit differently. So I've talked about this in in previous episodes where I've talked about, you know, really pay attention to how do you put your pants on, right? Do you do it always with the right leg first? You know, how do you put your jacket on? Is it always the right arm? I mean, all different things. You know, how do you climb steps? You know, we tend to have such habits around how we do things. Maybe the way you tack up your horse, you always, you know, put the saddle on from the left side, for example. You know, we, again, we over and over again, we do the same thing. So our bodies get, get used to moving in a very particular way. And it's like we, we kind of groove those neural pathways into our nervous system. And then it's difficult to do anything different. So we really get stuck and we get physically and mentally stiffer, if you will. So what we want to do is we want to awaken our flexibility, both our flexibility in our body and in our mind. And the same is true with the horses. So if you can think about things you do, whether you do them by yourself or you do them with your horse, just change them up a little bit. You know, do you always take your horse to a certain spot to groom her? Do you always mount and dismount in a particular way? Most people do it from the left, right? Only from the left. And I encourage people, if you can do it safely, and you have to teach your horse this, to also mount and dismount from the right and to lead your horse from the offside as well. That is so, so important to do things like that. It's Again, it gets the attention of the nervous system. It allows new experiences to happen and to start to groove new roadways. It's like, um, you can think of it this way. Just say you always drove to work exactly the same way, right? It's a certain route you took and you did it, you know, every day going to work and coming home from work. And you no longer question whether it was the best route to take. It just was what was familiar. You got in your car and it's almost like your car knew where to go. And and you didn't have a self-driving car, I might add. But now, say suddenly, 
there's road work, there's some kind of detour, there's construction or something, and you're forced to go a different way. And now suddenly things are different. Like you actually like look around, you're more like you notice things more on your drive because it's different. And you might even discover that it's a better route to take to work, that maybe there's less traffic or it's more relaxing, it's more scenic, whatever, but you find that it's actually better. So you start to broaden your horizons. So we want that for yourself and for your horse. Get yourself and your horse out of the rut you might be in, okay? So think of all the different things you can do that will be a little bit, will be novel, will be non-habitual. Again, we can talk, think about, you know, how you lead, how you groom, how you tack up, how you mount and dismount, maybe even the things you do. You know, maybe there's a particular kind of like warm-up routine you do with your horse. Maybe you can change that up a little bit. Maybe you never go on trail. And if you can safely do that, that's a really great thing to do. You know, so start to play with this. Like in the work I do with humans as well, the Feldenkrais work, we use a lot of different positions, different orientations to do similar movements just to bring in that novelty and variation, just so it's experienced differently in the nervous system. And that's when the brain really gets it and the improvements really stick. So very, very important to start to change things up for you and your horse. It might be something as simple for you as reaching for a glass of water with your non-dominant hand, right? We all know about brushing our teeth with our non-dominant hand. Whatever it is that can start to get the attention of your nervous system, because some of the benefits of that are you start to become more aware of what you're doing. And this also relates to the previous keys we talked about, about reducing your effort and finding the ease. When you do things a little differently, when you change things up, things feel more novel, more non-habitual, that is like a little wake-up call to your nervous system to notice differences. And this is how you can improve. So with the hands-on work I teach for the, for the horses, so this is a shout out to my Move With Your Horse students, by the way, we do similar things with the horse. So in other words, we literally help the horse feel in new ways. So we use a lot of non-habitual movements, that feel good, but they're non-habitual, they're different. So very, very important key, okay? So change things up, start to experience things feeling differently. Still feeling good, still feeling safe, but feeling different, okay? So key number seven, which is our last one, is invite new possibilities, okay? And again, these all relate to each other. So you can see how changing things up starts to broaden your horizons and you start to see things in new ways and you start to realize that there are new possibilities out there for you and your horse, okay? And this is, again, how we can unlock your horse's potential, get those superpowers going. There's a a sentence I say a lot that an open mind and helpful hands can do much to change a horse's future which means that being open to new possibilities and knowing how to use your hands in ways that can help your horse, you know, so the hands-on work we do can really change the trajectory of your horse's life, basically. You know, have greater well-being, potentially 
long-term soundness, all kinds of good things, improved performance, you know, even just um, a more balanced emotional life as well, so they're not so anxious. So you want to start to learn how to use your, your heart and your hands to, to transmit this sense of new possibilities to your horse. And again, by following the other keys, the first six keys, it's going to give you a good foundation for that, okay? So, but one, another way you can think about this is to really release any limiting belief you might have about yourself or your horse. Often we have both. We have stories we tell ourselves that keeps a belief alive about ourselves and our horse, and it's not serving either one of us. I'll give you an example with my own horse. So my horse is a rescue. I've had him now a long time. He had a lot of physical and emotional issues. I'll put it that way. And he came from a very abusive past and all that. So one day, this is a long time ago, I, you know, he, cause he would, would spook at anything like, and I'm talking big, big spooks that he would keep. It was hard for him to let go of it. And I remember talking to my dad one day on the phone and saying, oh, he's breezes is, is, is so reactive. And my dad stopped me and he said, no, 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 he's not reactive. He's careful. And that simple reframe, that simple reframe changed so much for me. I thought, oh, he's careful. It's a whole different feeling than you having a horse that's always like super reactive to everything and sort of like out of control. It's like, he's careful. He's been through stuff. Okay. I'll put it that way. He's been through stuff. So he's learned he needs to take care of himself. He needs to be careful. And a funny thing happened after that. Once I changed my story, thanks to dad, by the way, about my horse, Breeze, he stopped being so spooky because I changed. I wasn't expecting him to do that. And so something I'm sure in my physiology changed, right? That maybe gave him a little more security for all I know. So it's really, really important. Okay. So Thinking about how you're holding your horse back and holding yourself back is a very useful endeavor to kind of look into that. Notice what you're saying to yourself or to other people. Another thing I did a lot, and I, I, you know, my horse has, you know, Breeze has scars on his body from different traumas he's been through. So sometimes people will ask me about them or they'll ask, you know, different things about his history. And I used to go into the story about him, about all the abuse and this and that and the other thing and yada, yada, yada. And one day I thought, oh my gosh, what am I doing? How, why am I keeping that story alive, that limiting story about what he went through? He's here with me now. We have a great life. He's super healthy and happy. And, you know, we do all kinds of fun things and he doesn't live in that fearful place. So. I started being much more intentional, intentional about what I said to people. So, um, yeah, this is important. Think about the stories you tell. Your horse is lazy. Your horse is, you know, spooky. I have a client who doesn't use the term spooky. She's when her horse is feeling that way. I'll say she says he's bright. I like that. Oh yes, he's very bright today. 
which means, you know, maybe it was a, a chilly fall morning and he was, you know, feeling, feeling it, right? So he was bright. So I love that reframe. It's like, that's something she, that's, she's okay with, right? So it really changes things. And so you can invite new possibilities for, for movement, for performance, for, for all kinds of behavior, for emotional and physical, okay? As far as if you start to invite new possibilities in, right? So like even, I'll give you another story about myself. So many years ago, my first major career after school was as an IT professional. So I designed computer systems. I did all this kind of stuff. And I was good at it and it paid well. And I always had my horses and, you know, that kind of stuff too. Of course, I was always an animal person, had horses my whole life. I mean, since I was a kid, not from birth. And I thought that was my path. Like this is, you know, like a solid, responsible career. It makes X amount of money. You know, I could pay for my horses and, you know, all that stuff. And suddenly, and it was actually thanks to the Feldenkrais method, I believe, because I suddenly, when I started to experience things in new ways, you know, going to a Feldenkrais practitioner, literally moving through space differently, feeling my body differently, being more self-aware, suddenly new possibilities opened up in my mind. And I knew that I wasn't destined to be an IT professional for the rest of my life. And I started making plans, which happened pretty quickly, to leave that field and to follow my passion, my passion to improve the lives of animals and their people. And that's what I've been doing now for the past 30 plus years. So again, I, I, I was able to change my self-concept around what was possible for me. And, you know, my horse was happy to come along, by the way, on that journey. And I had a different horse at the time I started, of course. But anyway, because remember, our, our stories that we tell ourselves, whether about our, you know, ourselves or about our horses, it's like they become these self-fulfilling prophecies. Like I remember working with a woman back in my IT days and she used to, she was self-deprecating about how bad she was at directions. And I'm going to tell you, this is well before, you know, we had GPS or anything like that. You know, you had paper maps. That's what you had. And she was very bad at directions. That was the story. So she always talked about that. So whenever she went from point A to point B, she would talk about how she got lost and how she did this. And it became kind of like the office joke was that, oh, don't send her because blah, blah, blah. And I thought to myself, even at that time, I thought to myself, I wonder if she really is different than the rest of us or she's just keeping that going. You know, for some reason, she had this attachment to that story that she was bad at directions, that she didn't have a sense of direction. But did she really go the wrong way more than the rest of us? Or maybe she did because she believed that. So your brain is going to find evidence to fulfill that, to confirm it for you. And it's the same thing like when people say, oh, I'm bad at math or whatever, and they get anxious about it. And of course, that makes them bad at math, et cetera, et cetera. But we really want to be careful and aware, I should say, of what we're telling ourselves. And are we really, are we focusing on our limitations? Are we, or are we allowing our, our creative selves to invite more possibilities in? 
So much of the time we think about, again, we're going to go back to these self-limiting beliefs. People will tell me I've always been uncoordinated or I've always been stiff. I've never been flexible. And, you know, that may be true. We all have different, we come kind of equipped with different levels of flexibility and things like that. But again, if you say that over and over again, whether it's about you or it's about your horse, your horse isn't flexible, your horse is not coordinated, your brain is going to find evidence to keep confirming that. Okay. And so then you won't be very graceful. You'll be thinking, oh, I'm stiff and uncoordinated. Well, then you'll be more self-conscious. You'll be more likely to be uncoordinated. Okay. So again, these are things that, that it's very, very important to recognize in yourself, to become aware of what you're telling yourself, because not only does this impact your quality of life and the life, you know, you want to have your future life, it definitely holds your horse back as well. Okay. So if you keep telling yourself you're an anxious rider, you're a bad rider, you don't have good posture, you don't have this, well, that's probably getting truer and truer, I'm going to say, as you go along. Okay. So you might want to think, so just say, you are riding and something happened that wasn't to your satisfaction. Instead of beating yourself up over it and kind of like confirming that that's a problem, you know, a problem you have and that's a story you, you believe about yourself. What if you said, okay, well, that time I wasn't 100%, maybe I wasn't 100% confident, but I'm going to be better next time. And you put yourself more in that growth mindset that again, you're inviting this new possibility. You're saying, you know, I can improve. I can totally improve. Right? And that starts to prime your brain to improve and to look for opportunities to grow. Right? And to, again, expand those mind, your mindset and to diminish those limiting beliefs and come into more powerful beliefs about yourself and your horse. So again, this, this helps both you and your horse. So and you can even like think of an activity where you do feel competent in. Okay, think of something you do feel competent. It could be the silliest little thing, you know, tying your shoes, you know, maybe grooming your horse or maybe making a meal. Not that those are simple things, by the way, but think of something that you feel good about and then embody that feeling. Embody that feeling and start to get used to that feeling. Okay. And Notice as you're doing that. So if you think about an activity that you feel competent in, notice how you hold yourself. Notice how you breathe, right? What do you do? You know, are you laughing? So start to notice all those components of competency. Because what you can do is you can start kind of carrying them over into other activities where you don't feel as competent. Okay. And when you feel more competent, you're going to help your horse more effectively. So you can apply those, um, you know, those physical feelings and those emotional feelings to the areas you want to improve. Okay. It's like you carry them over to that and you intentionally hold yourself in that way. You breathe in that way. You smile in that way, whatever it happens to be. Okay. That can be really powerful. Another thing you can do is you kind of like model the behavior of somebody that you do feel is competent in that area. And you can imagine you're them for a moment. How does that feel? And you can start to maybe carry over the traits that they embody 
and do that for yourself. So whether it's maybe a writer that you really admire or someone in another field, but you can carry over the traits that they're that they're displaying, if you will, that that appear to you. So that that could be useful. So I talk a lot about how transformative this work, this whole body of work, and this is like a kind of a framework for it. But I talk about how it's transformed my life and it's transformed the lives of so many other, you know, animals and humans. And what I love about the word transformation is it doesn't it doesn't indicate that it's like a starting over. It's changing from where you are. So it's acknowledging where you are right now and then improving that. It's not like you have to be completely reborn or anything like that, you know, get a new horse or anything like that, right? It's being able to improve from where you are. So think about that and expanding those possibilities, okay? So you're basically, you're taking what's there already and this applies to you and your horse, and making it better. Okay, so that's transformation. So, okay, I hope that was helpful. Hope that was helpful. One more thing I want to add to is about this idea of new possibilities, okay? Because this is a really, really important one. We don't realize where we're holding ourselves and our horses back a lot of times. So if you intentionally think of new possibilities, this is going to really serve you and your horse. But take advantage of like fresh starts. So like a fresh start would be the first of the year is an obvious one. People tend to make New Year's resolutions. Birthdays are another one. The first of a quarter, the first of the month, maybe even like if you have a, a, a relationship breakup or something, or you move to a new barn or something that, or, or, the end of an old job or the beginning of a new one, but something where it's like a logical new start, like a Monday. A Monday is a common one, right? How many people say I'm going to start my diet on Monday? Okay. So think about that. Take advantage of a fresh start, whatever that is. And it could be, could be today at noon or whatever, but think of a fresh start because what that does is that helps you tap into this intrinsic motivation. It helps you say, ah, it's what they call the fresh start effect. It's like, oh, okay, this is a a clean slate, if you will. And new things can, can arise out of this. I can, I can act differently and I can help my horse act differently and, you know, move more freely and feel better in all these different ways. Okay. So I would encourage you to do that and just, you know, again, ask yourself, how have you been holding yourself? and your horse back, and then take a moment and imagine what you would like to have in your horse life or any any aspect of your life, any aspect of your life. Kind of like make a wish and allow that wish to start to draw you to this sense of new possibilities and to guide your behavior to create them. Okay, to be able to expand your sense of what is possible. Well, I hope these seven keys were helpful for you. And we're going to have like a little online challenge. Um, So I think it's going to be super fun. There's going to be giveaways and all kinds of things. We'll be discussing these in more detail, putting them into 
kind of like step-by-step how you can implement them with your horse. So stay tuned and thank you so much for being here. I love being on this journey with you and I can't wait to talk to you again. Bye for now. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Easier Movement, Happier Horses. Remember to grab your free video masterclass for riders at marydebono.com forward slash rider. You'll get three easy, effective exercises to improve your back, hips, position, and posture. People love these videos. It's important for riders and non-riders alike. I'm Mary DeBono. Go have fun with your horses. Bye for now.